including death. I am Patricia Gross, also known as Trish. And I'm John Brewer, known as John. Mostly just John. Mm-hmm. We have mysterious banging coming from overhead. Well, hopefully that's a sign of things to come, right? Yes, exactly. Um, it may be a child. It may be a ghost. Huh. Call him A, call him B. Yeah. Hopefully not a ghost child. Oh, that might be cool. I mean, that would be much better, because I think like an adult child. Adult child? Mm, adult ghost? Yeah. That might be a little bit more frightening, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, John, this is our first podcast. How are you feeling? I'm all right. You all right? You're pretty excited? Yeah. We've had a really restful weekend, everybody. We went to a water park and to a zoo. Yeah, it was wonderful. We wore lots of masks, and no one else did. Mm, I would say half. 50-50. About half in, in Wisconsin. Yeah. Here in the UP, people mask it up. Now, we have both had COVID and have also been vaccinated for COVID. So we felt pretty confident going in, but it was very weird seeing people without masks. Yeah, it's been a bit. It's been yeah. a bit. I am a fan of the whole staying at home and just hanging out with each other thing. I think that's why we you know hit it off so well at the beginning of our relationship. Yeah, seemed to work out. Yeah, of well. course, with covid you were only able to see each other and nobody else. Yeah, so maybe that tainted it. It's like, well, tainted? Is that the word? How we want to describe the beginning of our relationship is yeah, tainted. tainted with the pandemic. Um, <laughs> uh, for those of you just tuning in, Up To and Including Death is a podcast that does what, John? Um, reviews all thing horror. Movies, TV, books. People. Maybe. Someday. Oh, yeah, maybe. I just added that in. Yeah. Maybe. There's lots of horrible things in the world that we're <laughs> going to be exploring, I hope. Maybe causing? I don't know about that. Maybe not causing. Maybe we add joy by our review of the Horabla. Okay. <laughs> I would not have ordered it like that. No? Would you pronounce it like that? No. Oh, okay. Well, you are from the UP of Michigan... I am from Savannah, Georgia, so we have very different accents, but we have very similar loves for all things horror. What is on the docket for today, mister? It is the 1976 classic Carrie. Now, that is a movie based off of a book or a book based off of a movie? A movie based off of a book. Oh, and who is the name of the author of the book? That would be the one and only Stephen King. Stephen effing King... Amazing writer. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. How long has it been since you have uh, read Carrie? Oh, it's been a very, very long time. You read it uh, as an adult, as a child, as a Both. teen? Oh, so you've read it more than once. Yeah. That's I pretty read... uncommon for you. Yeah. The early Stephen King works I read when I was so young that I revisited them in my 30s. Do you think they affected you somehow? As in my love of horror, maybe. Did they make you a little bit crazy? Possibly. I guess <laughs> that's open to interpretation. Ah, so uh, as those who have listened to our, our Zero podcast, our episode Zero podcast might know, I just read uh, Stephen King's Carrie for the first time recently, uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was actually the impetus for us starting this podcast because we were talking a lot about it and we decided that we wanted to record it. And get into the podcastosphere and all that good stuff. I've seen Carrie, uh, and probably bits and pieces many times. I know I saw it once all the way through in college, 
It's one of those movies that everyone kind of knows everything about, but then when you ask people about it, there's a couple main scenes, and both of them involve blood. Yeah. That's basically all I remember of the movie. Mm-hmm. Because I haven't watched the movie in probably 20 years. 20 years. I can't tell you how long it's been since I've actually seen the movie. I will tell you that I did see Carrie 2, but I'm not sure when that actually came out. And I probably have seen Carrie 2. I digested everything horror. It was bad, but it did involve a lot of dead high school teens. And I believe I was close to being a high school teen myself, so I was pretty into that. Feels differently now that I'm in my 30s. Yes, no. High school teens are the norm in movies, so... Yeah. Now she's like, look at all these children. Go inside. Read, study. Why aren't you studying anything? Don't you have the colleges well, to get into? Well, Carrie is a high school base, so they were they were doing their high school things. and Yeah, it is a high school base. I will say that I definitely feel for Carrie. Now, my family's not Bible-thumping family, but I was pretty insulated, and I'm a little weird. So, didn't have the most friends. So, I I definitely feel for Carrie. I guess I would have been on the other side, but I never played Bean Pranks. Carrie never played a Bean Prank on anybody? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you you were popular-ish. Ish. Ish. But not evil? Yeah. I just wasn't an outcast, I guess. I wouldn't say popular either, but... I think this is something we're going to have to keep in mind and discuss in the future is... Are the people in the Stephen King stories driven by something more than just normal hormones or normal badness, right? So Carrie has these psychic powers, and the people around her are more horrible than your average everyday Joe, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean... I think you'd see it in the news if there was teenagers dumping pig blood on people. I mean... Not it's that's, not an everyday occurrence. It's not every day, but I'm I'm assuming stuff like that does happen. But the sort of escalation of violence, and and Stephen King is writing this. There's a lot of references to Vietnam, World War II veterans as well. So there's a lot of people that are back from the war. These are their kids or the generation right after. Yeah. Right. So people that are kind of bathed in blood already. But this is such a a dramatic and thought out prank i just don't think that happens very often no i'm and the severity of it is pretty... i'm very curious about how this looks because in the book it's not a thought out prank it is dramatic but basically it's that the person that wants to punish carrie is dating a bad guy and the idea of pig's blood for a pig gets in the guy's mind and this in this bad guy that she's dating comes up with it all basically what? Well, it has been a while since I have seen this as well, so maybe I am incorrect in that assumption. Well, I, it does seem pretty elaborate. I, I, I will give you that. Obtaining pig's blood does not seem like a uh, on-the-whim kind of, I'm just going to get a whole pile of pig's blood. In the book, when they get the pig's blood, they are going out to a farmer whose land they often mess with. So they're often going go to this farm and mess with this farmer's produce and, and, and animals. So, so the just... farmer's a known quantity. The pigs are a known quantity. They kill and collect the blood from these pigs. That, that also seems like quite an undertaking. It is, but, you know, I you think when really there's a world, there's a way. To be like, I am going to slaughter a pig, drain its blood, and then pour it on you. Because the slaughtering and the draining of blood seems far worse than getting blood pouring on you. Well, and the wild thing is that the men that do the prank 
have nothing to do with Carrie. They don't know who she is. Yeah. Because the girl that causes it in the book is just someone that happens to be mad at Carrie, who did something bad to Carrie in this first scene, that which we're going to see. Well, a guy will do just about anything for a woman if she asks yeah. the right way. Now, we'll have to get into things about uh, domestic violence and rape as well in this, because that is a big aspect of that particular relationship. But I think what we need to do is watch this movie. Is there anything you want to fill us in on before we get started? Well, I figured I would tell you all about... Uh, it was directed by Brian De Palma. Okay. It stars Sissy Spacek and John Travolta. Oh, you forgot it was John Travolta. I did it was John Travolta. Yeah. And Sissy Spacek and Piper Laurie were both nominated for Oscars for this, for Best Leading Actress, Best Supporting Actress. Wow. Did not win, but who's, it is... Who's Piper Laurie? Oh, you will see. Oh. Yeah, she plays a huge part next to Carrie. How exciting. Because it is her mother. Oh, okay, okay. And it's a well-received movie. A 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty good. It is. And an 85 Metacritic score. And uh, it's a 7.8 on IMDb amongst users. Well, only 7.8. Yeah. Well, Well, it's a horror as well. Yes. But it is a pretty well-liked movie overall, I would say. Oh, yeah. I would be very interested to see overall what the average rating of a horror movie is on IMDb. That's something I have to look into. Yeah, as we continue on this journey I of think, ours. Well, I think that's going to be skewed mm-hmm. because there is a genre... I mean, a B-horror movie is a... It's known to be divisive yes. in nature. So there's a lot of horror movie that is expecting to get a low like rating. one star, one star, one star. Yeah, and maybe yeah. we'll delve into those at some point, too, because I am a lover of bad horror movies. I love yeah. trauma movies, yeah. which you don't know. Trauma? Yes, you don't know trauma movies well, like yeah. Toxic Avenger, Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD. I have missed those those pieces. They are brilliant in their absurdity. Okay, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Oh, you, we will. We'll have okay. to. Definitely Toxic Avenger is a must-watch for any horror fan. Okay. I am a horror fan, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Should we uh, watch this? Oh, yeah. That sounds great. What we have decided to do, what we discussed off mic, is you now we've introduced the film. We're going to watch a little bit of it. If we feel the need to come upon us, we might pause the movie during the, the course of the movie and speak a little bit more at you and continue on and on and on that way. Or maybe we'll watch the entire movie and then speak at the end of it. We'll we'll see uh, where the spirit takes us today. Shall we? Yeah, we shall. All right. See you soon. Hi, John. Hi. We didn't make it very far into um, the movie. What What's the time? Five minutes in. We're five minutes into this movie, and yeah. there's some things that I don't recall from the film, probably because I watched it on, like, TNT in the daytime. This is Banana Sandwich. I don't know how i don't remember this if i watch this as a teenage boy because this is like this is the most porn-tastic <laughs> porn that was ever porn you'd never believe this was a horror movie the the music and the way she's just rubbing herself okay so the movie begins with a volleyball game and a, a volleyball is thrown towards carrie and you hear the 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 audio someone saying to carry she'll never catch it and of course she totally donks it yeah right and then we cut to the most obscene gym sequence first of all all these women are drying their hair with towels but all of their hair is perfectly dry yeah that's weird 
And what is this 30-year-old woman doing in here? There is a 30-year-old woman <laughs> that... Easily. Easily, as oh. well, that's there. And there's people... And all the women there are just rambunctious. They're throwing things at each other. They're having a really good time. And there is one person in the shower who has long hair like everybody else, but her hair is half wet and half dry, which is also insane. It's it's all insane. And that who is that person? One person in the shower. Well, it's Carrie, of course. That is Carrie. And what's what the music changes to this like, dun, dun, and we get to watch her slowly and rhythmically massage wash every part of her body, especially her breasts. She really likes them. She just is going all over them, and then we she drops the soap though. Yes. And what happens then? And then the blood commences. Just a gush. A giant gush. Now, I was very young when I started mine. I was only, like, 10, actually. I still haven't started mine. John hasn't started his, but I was 10 years old, and I don't recall there being a giant gush, but it has been 25 years. (laughs) So perhaps there was. I don't know what menarche is like for everybody. Is it menarche or menarche? I don't know. Well, I feel like it's a lot of malarkey is this representation of what that is, that first period that she's getting. So, But the rest of it seems correct. Like this is how girls act in a locker room after gym class. No. They wrestle in their underwear. and it's... Well, not all of them were just in, in any underwear oh, no, whatsoever. Some were nude, too. Some of them were nude with boobies flapping in the breeze. That's the, And so it goes. Yes. Um, it is the 70s, so there's a lot of pubic hair. A lot. lot. Yeah. Like, it looks like they're wearing Merkins. That's why they have a 30-year-old woman to represent the bush ratio. (laughs) Not all of them are, like, (laughs) 30-year-old women that have these giant bushes. So Carrie has got her hands just dripping with blood. And she's just immediately, she panics, and she goes towards the women and grabs them with her bloody hands. Especially the woman with the white shirt. The woman with the white shirt. She goes asking for help. And everyone starts throwing tampons and pads, and they rip open the pad machine. That's insane. Now, They've done that before, because it wasn't like it looked like they were ready and willing, and it's like, oh, the cover comes off of this. Mm-hmm. It's the point of a vending machine for pads, yeah. if you can just rip open the front. No, it's a, so it's very sexual. In the book, in the sequence, the girls... So, so sh- Carrie is showering, and the blood comes out. And the girls notice it. So she doesn't come to them. She doesn't say anything oh, to damn. them. The girls notice it, and then they start... Which seems probably more accurate. I don't think any woman would like be like grabbing at other people, like, help me, smearing their blood on Well, them. I think because the thing is, Carrie in the book, and probably in this, I think it is represented here, she doesn't know what's going on. She thinks she's hemorrhaging. Oh, I understand. But if I was bleeding from somewhere, my first instinct would not be to rub it on people's shirts no my first instinct would would probably be to scream help me help me help me yeah or just scream i would probably wouldn't scream i would assess the situation and not rub my hands on strangers i think he would scream i don't scream okay we had to stop because that was just too absurd to keep inside for, (laughs) for much longer but we'll see how long we last next time okay see you soon guys okay how far along are we right now john um, we are 33 minutes in. 33 minutes in, and we have the amazing, the handsome, the drunken wet, John Travolta. Making them nipples pop. <laughs> They're coming right out. Would uh, you? Like pop-up turkey timers. Pop-up turkey timers. 
which is a very relevant pool, I guess, for this time period. Uh, we had to stop watching for a little bit because of uh, kid drama. One managed to break their tooth. Yep. The other's having a kind of a snit about having a, ha- having a bad hair dye job. It's their own fault. Their own fault. Uh, it's what happens when you bleach black hair, uh, that, or hair that you de- you have bleached and dyed and bleached and dyed many times. <laughs> I think it looks cool, but she's not into it. When, when we last left off, there was a blood faucet coming down from poor Carrie, and we did not get to the point in which uh, the famous chanting was occurring. No, it's not as dramatic as I remembered it. Plug it up. Yeah. Plug it up. I don't know why, but I remember the movie like it, like that was a big thing. But it was almost like subdued. Plug it up. Well, we did stop it to talk in the middle of it. But the plug it up that was going up. Can you turn off your computer? What are you doing? Sorry. Listeners. I'm sorry. I was just looking at something. Okay. So, listeners, write in, please. What's our What's our Gmail? It's, it's up to and including death at gmail.com and please write to us to let us know how rude it is for John to be on his computer while we are talking or with any other questions or you can defend me on social media with the (laughs) up to and ID (laughs) on Twitter Facebook and Instagram what's the new one that you got didn't you get some new horror oh I was trying out uh, the slasher community Hmm. It's a new uh, social media I discovered. I'm still delving into that, so it's not official. I hope, I hope it doesn't turn out to be one of those new neo-Nazi ones. I wouldn't expect it to be. Okay. The horror community is <laughs> a little different. So, the, so she's been thrown many tampons, and her coach comes in, and in a very 70s movie uh, scene in which someone's trying to get through a crowd that it would be very easy in real life to get through, but they're just going the exact wrong way and just shaking people and, uh, what's going on? What's going on? Even though it's very clear that they're all looking into one huddled mass uh, that is covered in tampons and pads uh, and blood, uh, and that would be our carry. And one thing you mentioned briefly last time was that there is blood on that poor chick's shirt. Yeah. She has blood on her shirt. And she's just going to go about the day with it. Yeah, and uh, and the coach has blood on her pants. And so then we cut to the scene with the principal, which, by the way, is pretty much shot for shot, seen in like verbatim for what was going on in the actual book, right? So this is very much like the, the coach is trying to explain why she, she slaps Carrie um, in the showers before she knows what's going on. And she explains how she herself was feeling like she just wanted to hit her. Uh, and there's, there's some kind of primal viciousness that comes over women when they're around a weakling. Uh, now, they are being... Um, they are being punished. The girls from the locker room are being punished by having to do gym. And if they don't come to extra gym, then they cannot go to the prom. Yeah, they'll be denied their prom tickets. Denied their prom tickets. Now, this is a big deal. Because if you're denied their, your prom ticket, what does that mean? Well, you're you're not going to be involved in the biggest social event of the year. Or your life, oh, especially. I suppose, yeah. If, if you're, you're a just senior. Going to the senior prom. Oh, boy. And so, Carrie, meanwhile, has gone home. And uh, her mother is... Uh, Perfectly sane. Perfectly reasonable. Perfectly nice. Yes. She a, says a, a lot of... A woman of the Lord. A woman of the Lord. She's going around to people's houses. And I think... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So the mother gets $10 from Sue's mother. She's gone to a woman's house, uh, Carrie's mother, 
and has uh, trying is trying to get people to follow her particular brand of crazy Christianity. Not that Christianity has to be crazy, but this version of it is super nuts. Yeah, she has no reasoning of what the Bible would have actually said. No, she has very interesting <laughs> pamphlets. And the pamphlet says things that, like, the raven was called sin. Repeat after me. The yeah. raven was called sin. It's madness. <laughs> it is total madness. The first sin was the intercourse. And uh, and this is how we get to the how we get to poor Carrie trying to tell her mother how horrible her day was and asking her mother why didn't you tell me why didn't you tell me about what periods were and the mother saying that this is your sin it's I thought you would be sinless in the book it shows us that Carrie finds her mother's pads but long before so the mother hides them because the mother pretends to be sinless so. It may be the case that Carrie's mother is a hypocrite. <gasps> I don't believe that. It's true. It's she true. She seems so innocent and, and lovely. Now, the decorations in the house are super normal. Yeah. Very she's... normal for a normal Christian household. Yeah, it's, it's like Rasputin Jesus. <laughs> just all over the place. is just a terrifying Jesus yeah. everywhere. But also a lot of Catholic imagery, which is a little surprising because their particular sect is not Catholicism. It's a very... Very much started as conservative Baptists and then took a turn to crazy town. Yeah, because you don't see Jesus on the cross and anything but Catholicism, basically, mm, in the home. I mean, I think that he's in the cross in other religions as well, but this is like... But they're he, not supposed to be on home adoration. No, you're not supposed to have your own altar, but the book goes into this. Carrie, Carrie's mother and her father actually were Baptist and then got... Or were a type of conservative Christian but decided that the faith they followed was not crazy enough and decided that they would the only true Christian faith is their own. And so they have their own version of Christianity that is bad shit insane. Honestly, very realistic part of the movie. <laughs> in my experience, in the sense of like, you know, you get these groups of people and like the only thing stopping from this woman from having a full on cult is really that probably money and a Twitter feed. Yeah. If she had more people. A or lack her, of charisma. Or maybe she could have just made a cult. She could have she's, had more kids. She's no Jim Jones. No, she is not. She is not. Sue feels bad. She is the curly brown-haired girl that I think it was her that got blood on her shirt. And she felt really bad because she participated, but she's not as bad as those other girls. And so Sue asked her boyfriend Tommy, Tommy Ross, of the beautiful curly hair... But he's no Travolta. She asked Tommy Ross to take Carrie to the prom, and Tommy has said yes. Well, it's a good choice. Yeah. However, there's another fella in this sordid tale of the name of Billy Nolan. Billy Nolan. Bad boy, slicked back hair. Drinking beer in the car. Getting beer all over, just drinking beer poorly in the car. It makes me does make me wonder if John Travolta had ever had to drink from a can before. But maybe that's just what he is no. supposed to be doing Perrier here. Perrier comes in a bottle. Oh, I don't think John Travolta in like 1975 was drinking Perrier at anything. This is 76, and yes, he probably was. Was this after... Uh, this is Welcome Back Cotter, big time. Oh, so he is he the famous person in this movie? Is he the most famous person cool. then or now? That, it's oddly that about. he's not top... Well, he's the high... I mean, he's third build. And he does not have the third biggest part, so I'm guessing he had some Well, pain. I think his part is one of the most important parts of the movie, as we're going to see coming up. Yeah, I would say so. But oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a quick, uh, quick 
quick search and see where he was back in this time. But I'm guessing he had hit his fame with um, Saturday Night Fever, right? When, when oh, was that, that? would have been that too. Yeah. No. But uh, the big thing was uh, was well, Saturday Night Fever came after this. Oh. But he was already on uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. Yeah, so he's a TV star. Yes, he was a TV star, but pre-movie star. But he you had know, he was a music star as well. Well, it's very interesting, though, that he's pre-movie star, and he goes into a horror movie like Carrie. Now, usually horror movies are where careers go to die. Not Kevin Bacon. Not Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon is just doing good. First movie was Friday yeah. the 13th. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah, he was a baby chicken in that one. Yep. Now, I think that uh, there are some movie, some movie stars that are just so good at horror that you want them in everything. You know, and they can do other things like Ethan Hawke. A lot of horror movies is Ethan Hawke in. And you know what? We could even do like a whole month of just watching Ethan Hawke movies. It's a very particular style of film, but I like so, it. The one favorite I have of that keeps going back to, to horror is Kathy Bates. Ooh. Who we would definitely go to because of her role in Misery. Absolutely. Or if we went into the TV series American Horror oh, Story, yes. which she is amazing in. Madame Lola Ree, is that what her name was? In that? Uh, oh, that was on the Roanoke one, right? No, no, I'm thinking of the one that was on uh, Coven. Oh, Coven, that's I right. never saw Roanoke. The Roanoke, I liked her better in the Roanoke one. I gotta see I that I did one. not like Coven as much as the others. That was my least favorite. But. So, and speaking of books, Carrie is in the library. She's had some, some things have been occurring. And she is noticing, and I think they do a good job of kind of showing this. Like, in the library, she's reading out loud to herself the definition of telekinesis. Yeah. And in the book, the way that this is done is in different types of news articles about telekinesis and the telekinesis gene uh, and things like that. So Yeah, well, she's noticing it because she was definitely concentrating on the ashtray. Yeah, and on the little boy that's a jerk. And uh, it's important to note that in the book, she is fat and has pimples. I would not say those two things about Sissy Spacek. No, but it's probably She's just She's definitely for... weird. Movies don't usually tend to have their leading star to be unattractive. No, of so course not. It's especially in the 70s. Though in the book, when Carrie decides that she really wants to get away from her mother, she tells herself, you know, I can just stop eating chocolate and stop having pimples. And I think this is what Stephen King thought at the time, how weight loss and pimples worked was that if you would just oh, stop eating chocolate no, i remember growing up that that was one of the things that they had told you oh yeah is where pimples came from was poor eating especially, especially chocolate oh. sugar and greasy foods was oh man but those are the best kind see i grew up a few years before you a few years and that was the that was the talk was like yeah chocolate gave you pimples it was referenced in the 80s sitcoms all the time Hmm, I see. Gentle readers, sadly, even though John is an amount of years older than me, I have far more gray hair. I don't think it's fair. He's got a beautiful red beard. There's some gray in it, but redheads oh. don't usually go gray. Yeah, I know. We go lucky. white. Lucky, lucky, lucky. Right at the end, and then it's night-night forever. <laughs> Mr. Billy Nolan, played by John Travolta, is not a very nice fellow, would you say? No. He's drinking and driving. In real life or in... <laughs> Well, he's not a nice fellow. He's drinking and driving. The lady that she's with, who is a big old jerk, what's her name? 
Oh, I cannot recall her name. Big old jerk McGee, who's the one that's refused to take the uh, the punishment. So she is definitely she's dating the bad guy. She thinks she's better than everybody, and mayhap maybe the cause of some issues is with a guy that is a bit unstable. But she calls him a little shit, and so he just backhand her out of nowhere. Yeah, it was pretty startling and alarming. <laughs> Never once has it crossed my ma- mind to just backhand the lady sitting next to me for no reason. Really. Oh, for no reason. Oh, if there's a reason, then a backhand, yeah, for sure. (laughs) No. Don't make me backhand you. Before we continue, uh, did you want to make a comment about the uh, cinematography that we've been seeing that's kind of the strange juxtapositions? Yeah, it's it's something you you don't see often, but you'll see what Brian De Palma is the um, forced perspectives. When they're talking in the classroom and they're focusing in on Tommy Ross... But Beautiful, also, feathery, blonde-haired Tommy Ross. Yes, but also in focus is Carrie, like three rows behind. It's something you don't see very often, and it's a great way to show the reaction of somebody when somebody else is talking and not lose them as a focus. It's, it's, a, it's a cool trick that not many directors have ever yeah. used. But his choice of music is alarming at times. Well, it's alarming and also... The representation of the women when they're together in gym, it's almost as if a different, it's either a different movie or a different director was in charge that day because it's like, oh, we're girls. <laughs> let's throw, let's throw tampons and be naked and also just be insane. That's just every guy. That's what we all think happens. It's almost as if the male gaze and, inab- and inability to see women as characters is a detriment. But he has to see Carrie as a character because she is the main character. That's the movie's yeah, name. Well, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a matter of the character. I think it's when you visualize a girl's locker room scene Eww. that we are not privy to. It just seems like that's just the way. Is that the way boys' locker rooms were? Just throwing no, jock but, straps. No, at each but other? if you watch like '80s movies or '70s movies, yeah, every one of them's gonna have like towel whipping and things like that. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't happen. Like, Weirdly you, you, sexualized no, nonsense. You avert your eyes. You don't notice anybody's there. You shower. You get dressed and you get out. There's no jumping around in your towels or snapping people with towels. Dear listener, uh, if you uh, if you have some contrary information about some towel slapping, please write to us at up to and including death at gmail dot com, and maybe we'll read your uh, your email if you if you we ever get one. Alrighty, let's uh, keep watching this here film, huh? Hey John. <laughs> hey John. Hi. Where are we at? We are 55 minutes in. We're 55 minutes in. Um, I had to stop because I, could, I couldn't I could help but ask, what was your prom like? Uh, my prom was not spectacular. Was it? Did it have a theme that you could recall? Uh, I think it was... Oh, I do not remember. It was tropical of some sort. Ah, uh, See, I'm from a semi-tropical place, so of course we did Under the Sea or some other <laughs> nonsense. Maybe it was like... Midnight Madness. I have no idea. I just remember we got like a super inappropriate cocktail glass with like the date on it. I got it a super inappropriate <laughs> cocktail glass with this date on it. It's in the kitchen. Oh, I threw mine away a lot. I should have thrown mine away too, but I just thought it was so hilarious to get that and thinking, I'm 17. I'm not going to be able to use this in many years. Well, I was a freshman at the senior prom. Cause... Oh, 
I uh, was a floozy. You were a floozy. I was a sophomore at the senior prom, but I was a good girl. I got thrown out of the prom. Why did you get thrown out of the I prom? I was really drunk. <laughs> but, John, I don't understand because the drinking age was 21 when you were younger. Drinking age was 15 in my head. <laughs> in your head? A lot has happened in the film that is just totally wild. We saw the most interesting oral sex scene... And I'm not sure that anyone in the, involved in the production of that scene had ever given or received oral sex. What do you think? I don't know, because it's very obvious that you cannot speak. Yes. Especially that clearly. To be yelling, oh, Billy. Oh, Billy. Oh, Billy. I hate Carrie White. <laughs> and what a weird sentiment to be. The hate boner that this chick has for Carrie... When it's really her own fault for not being able to go to the prom. All she had to do was go to the stupid detention and she would have been fine. But she decided she hated Carrie White for no other reason that but that Carrie is different. We have the pig scene. We have a bunch of dead pigs. We've got references to pimples. We've noticed that there's a lot of flowery music involving the preparation. And the coat tells her, yes. tells Carrie how she needs to curl her hair and get some lipstick. Which Carrie does. And Carrie has made herself a floozy dress. Yeah. Pale pink. With, Which she needs to take off right now. Because she's got dirty pillows. Yes. And she must have seen John Travolta because her nips were poking through it, too. This is why we have named this title. The title of this episode is Carrie and Her Dirty Pillows. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like that title? It's, it works for me. It works for you. John likes dirty pillows. I mean, it's interesting. I could see your dirty pillows because in Carrie's responses, mom, they're breasts, mama. All women have them, right? And so she's trying to, she's like, she tells her mama she loves her, but she's trying to still have a relationship with her mother, even though her mother, is, of course, is saying that you cannot suffer a witch to live which is what we might call foreshadowing or a Chekhov's insane mom I guess so I didn't know Chekhov didn't see this coming no no I don't think so I don't think so either the reason I wanted to bring up the prom and prom themes is that there's a lot of people as seniors thinking about how high school doesn't really matter and how stupid the prom is and how ridiculous it is to have a theme for the prom, but yet they still care about the prom. And so there's a lot of inner conflict amongst the teens. And I and what I really love about this is I, too, had that same conflict when I was in high school thinking how stupid this is, but I want to do it. Oh, I was just too young, and then I was not allowed to go back. So <gasps> Really? Yeah. You couldn't go at all for the other three years? No. How bad were you? What'd you do? I made a scene. <laughs> oh, everybody stop the presses. What was the scene? I, th- I might have stood on a table. Were you dancing? Told off a teacher. What'd no you big s- deal. What did you tell off the teacher for? I don't even remember. I think I got pissed because they had crepe papers on the chair. Yeah. And I rented a tux and the crepe paper got my white tux shirt. Oh, no. Color. I don't know. I was drunk. I was super drunk. Oh, no. I had snuck off with another friend of mine that went in the parking lot and drank, like, peppermint schnapps in the backseat of her car. That is just the worst, man. Yeah, it was... Uh, Dear listener, uh, let's, let's have a little bit of a guess. I want you to think in your mind, how old was John when he had his first beverage? Alcoholic one. And keep that in mind. Keep that in your mind. And John... How old were you? I was 15. 
15. Well, when I first got drunk. What was your first time you had an alcoholic drink to completion? I, to completion? I don't know. I don't know. Younger than 15? Yeah, I would say. I was a good girl, and I waited till I was in Scotland when I was a sophomore between my between my junior or I'm sorry between my freshman and sophomore year of college, so I would have been about uh, about to turn nineteen, and because it was illegal for eighteen to nineteen year olds to drink in Scotland, and I had a Budweiser. Oh, and that I was my first drink ever. My my first night getting drunk was on bottom shelf five o'clock vodka, and Wildwood orange soda. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Orange soda sounds good. I don't know what Wildwood orange soda is, but I do like Wildwood soda. It's garbage. Soda. So oh. it was garbage vodka and garbage soda. Well, let's continue on the prom themes. Uh, did you have a very nice rented tuxedo? I did have a decent rented tuxedo. Did it have ruffles? It did not have ruffles. Okay. Okay. I was not that slick. Did you have off. like a big, a big top hat? No hat. No hat involved. I think there was a cummerbund. All right. I think it was my one and only cummerbund. You're not going to wear one at the wedding? No. Oh, it's a little disappointing, but whatever. I had several prom dresses, which I've only recently gotten rid of in the last... When I moved in here, I finally tossed my old prom dresses. I don't... You know, you keep them for nostalgia, but now I've replaced them with a giant expensive dress that is very white and sparkly. So, all right, let's uh, let's keep this puppy going, bud. Well, we're going to try to watch what happens at the prom. I think that uh, Carrie's going to have a nice date, and everyone's going to go home, and she's going to make up with her mom, and everything's going to be fine. Yeah, that sounds like a happy end to yeah. this movie. Yeah, she's magic after all. All right, see you soon. Want to stop that? Yeah. <laughs> I was just checking the, date, the names to see. Yeah, I'm, fr- I'm recording. Oh, sorry. Sorry. So, John. Yes. We just finished Carrie. We did. Um, What a prom. It was. It was a sweet, beautiful event. Under the stars? Yes. And Carrie under, and, and Tommy. Under the bucket of blood. Well, Carrie and Tommy were crowned the uh, king and queen of the prom. Yeah. And everyone's happy and clapping and clapping and clapping. Sue is there because she's happy about it. Uh, well, why did she run out of her house to witness this? Everyone knew that that's the time that the prom king and queen are announced. But why would she give a shit? Because she did this whole thing so that she could, so that Carrie could have a nice night because she felt bad. But she didn't know Carrie was going to be named queen, or did she? Or maybe she figured Tommy would be named king, and so whoever Tommy was with would be named queen. Because I think that's how it rolled in that particular voting system. Maybe. I think that it is clear that she did was not a part of it, but I don't know. What do you think? If Carrie didn't go to the prom, she wouldn't be covered in a bucket of blood. But that wouldn't have meant... It would still be the case that, that B-I-T-C-H and John Travolta would be going after her in some other way. Probably. But just less publicly. Yeah. What did you think about their demise? I thought it should have been more like the book, where she just lit a town on fire because they all got off way too easy. Yeah, I would say that... So, all the students died, clearly. Well, not Um, all the students. Well, not all of them, but in the book, not all of them died either. 
I thought the whole town was decimated. No, I mean she she li- so in the book she as she's walking she meanders through town and as she meanders through town she unplugs all of the fire hydrants and then she explodes the the big uh yeah, the gas stations. Called? But that's not enough to kill the whole town. Basically, it like burns a swath through the town on the way to her house, where yeah. she goes. And she's in the book. She's going to kill her mother, and in this film, she's gone to seek retribution from her mother because they all laughed at her. Yeah, well, she predicted it correctly. Yes, but the mother did want to kill her daughter, and yep. was successful in a roundabout way. Way, but I think it's. It looked like she kind of succumbed from her bleeding to death. Mm, I don't know. I think she succumbed. She gave up when the house was crumbling in around her. I mean, she also. And she was strong enough to kill her mom after she had gotten stabbed. She also is the one crumbling the house around her. It's not like the mm-hmm. Lord has decided to end no, her life at this stage. No, I think she did it to herself. Did the Jesus statue have all those arrows in it before or just in the last scene? I don't think it had it before. The mother, as she's like uh, pinned up by all the kitchen implements that Carrie could find, has a very Christ-like look. It also looks like St. Sebastian. And one of the last scenes that we see of Carrie is of her looking at the Jesus cross that used to be creepy now it's even more keeping covered in arrows in the same exact pattern as the mother was covered in arrows. Yeah. So clearly mom was God for Carrie in this rendition. It's the odd glowing eyes of Jesus. Those, are those, weird those were pretty weird. Now, what are, what are the main takeaways from this film? I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a great movie. I would have liked it to have reflected the book more. Yeah. I'm like her just lighting the whole town up on fire. Yeah, you, you especially amazing. want it to be true to the book because of that, yeah. Well, it's not so much as being true to the book. It's just visually that would have looked better. I imagine that might be a financial constraint to that. Yeah, limitations of 1976 filmmaking. And also you'd need about a dozen more characters that are important around the actual exploding of the town. Yeah, but otherwise, I mean, it's a great story. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really well done. I've been thinking about it in terms of one of the movies we watched last year, or in this past year, rather, when we watched the Friday the 13th movies. Yes. And I think it's called, I think it's called Friday the 13th or Jason on the 13th or whatever. It's the one where Jason's inside of the lake and we get the psychic girl that's that whose daddy comes back to life to save her. Oh, yes. That was the one where the actual, the psychic, or the, not the psychic, the um, mental... The mental patient was killing people, and it wasn't Jason at all. No, yeah. no, no, no. We're thinking of different ones because in one, like it's the girl whose whose father died. She's yep. the psychic, and he and and but Jason's under the lake, and she accidentally wakes him up, and she has like a psychic oh, that's yeah. trying a guy that's trying to make her psychic powers come out by driving driving her crazy. And I'm I looked it up, and that one came out in 1980. Yeah. And this movie came out in 1975. 76. 76. And I wonder if this is just like they took Carrie and they thought, okay, psychic girl there was a, with powers, with a dead dad. There was a lot of psychic girl movies back oh, then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was when the first um, inclination that poltergeist activity was started because of teenage girls on starting their periods. Uh-huh. It, it ran rampant because you had this, you had poltergeist, you had yep. Friday the 13th. Yep. You had, oh, what am I thinking of? Firestarter, which is another Stephen King so book. So how many teenage girls on their periods does it take in this house to cause I, the I house to implode? waiting for it to happen. Two Literally, years. 
expecting it to happen. Yeah, the youngest is nine. I'm waiting for poltergeist activity. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that one of your children is going to explode a school with their mental powers? No. I think they're nice kids. They are nice kids. Yeah. They're not like kill everybody kids. But I'm waiting for voices or yeah. things to be thrown. Because you want to see the voices. Now, okay. Uh, I would love to see it. Now, the mother in the film has the most insane hair of any person in the film. And there's some pretty wild hair. But her hair is big. It is the same color as Carrie's. And it has got a lot of body. Uh, we learn that Carrie is a rape baby. But in the sense that Carrie's mother... But she liked it. She liked it. But the mother and father had premarital sex once... Then they got married, but the father had promised that they'd never have sex again. That's and then uh, and then one day on the whiskey, they made sweet love. Oh, but she liked it. She, she liked it. How she reiterated She reiterated it from many times. I've got to say, I liked the film. I think that there was a lot of boobs, but that's also, you know, the time that this was filmed in. I don't think you'd need to see any boobs uh-huh. if you made this movie again. If you want to be keep watching horror movies, you expect Okay, it's not that I'm against the boobs. I what I'm what I'm pro is butts and guys. There was, and there was no male butts. There was sissy SpaceX butt once. Oh, Carrie, yeah, I know, but like I said butts on boys, and not sissy no, SpaceX as a girl. No, there was no butts on boys. You know, in later ones there are or some good abdominal muscle shots. Okay. Like when Kevin Bacon is ripped apart through the bed. And further, did he have abs? I, never I don't know. I think he has at some point in his life. He probably currently does. He's a very strong man. You can see his cock in Hollow Man. What? Oh, yeah, you can. <laughs> he does full frontal in Hollow Man. That's a lot. But I thought he was invisible. Yeah, but he has to get there somehow. <laughs> Let's go to Brewer's Bruce really quickly and say, what were you drinking? What are you drinking right now? Oh, I'd have to go through the, the list here. Oh. There's you, been a few. There's been a few. <laughs> Let's see. What do I got a can of? How about just one so they don't think that we're drunks? Oh. Okay. Well, oh, I'm gonna there's go so many I really cans. Liked. Yes. <laughs> I like the, the Serendipity Session Stout from Ale Asylum. What's a Session Stout? That usually means that's lower alcohols. You okay. can drink a whole bunch of them. Okay. But it's five or two percent. That's I not think that it's low. brewed in Madison. Yes. Ale Asylum, Madison, Wisconsin. If you're just tuning in, we good. were just in Wisconsin and got some Wisconsin beers. Uh, I had some spotted cow. Yes. Glaus New Glarus. New Glarus Brewery. It's a, yeah. I had the spotted cow and it was quite delicious. Uh, yes, New Glarus is always good. Do you want to share one more? Sure. Okay, John's I did gonna... actually enjoy also the Razor Gang. From Surly Brewing. And they've got great packaging. Yes, it's a it's a nice Irish stout as well. I, they should call this a session because this was only four and a half percent. Oh, yeah. That was very good. That's good. I well, got a whole bunch. I got a, well, yeah, not that many. It's been a real pleasure today. Now, did we have a gross corner? I don't know. Did we talk about dirty pillows? Well, we, we could get... talk more about pig's blood if you would like to. There was also period blood wiped on shirts. I did talk about my first period as well. So yeah. really, when you think about it, whole... every time is gross corner time. Yes, there was a lot of gross moments. Oh, it's my name. Don't wear it out. <laughs> well, John, thank you for hanging out with me today and watching this film. What do you think we should watch next? Should we delve into Shudder next time? Yeah, let's do a Shudder movie. 
We'll just start at the bottom of the list. All right. If you'd like to send us a, an email to, to, with a suggestion of what we should watch next or what we should put on the list, please email up to and including death at gmail.com. Or you can send us a shout out on our socials to... On everything we are at, up to, and ID. So that's up, the number two, and ID. So UP2 and ID. Yep. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And that Slasher thing? Well, I'm still getting involved in that, that we don't have an official page on Slasher yet. I really hope that this isn't a thing where you end up slashing me. No. It's just a personal page. I had just learned about this... uh, horror social community and i'm dipping my toes in and mm. meeting some people and dipping his blood in blood Maybe. blood toes at some point okay well thank you everybody and uh what's our sign off going to be to this week i can't remember i think it was he said uh stay scared i think was stay left. scared and stay married stay scared and stay married my darlings goodbye The intro and outro of our podcast is Fire and Ice Rock Mix by Stefan Kartenberg. Copyright 2017. Licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license. Thank you, Stefan.